0: here. Welcome back to our brand new streaming show, Common Ground. I want to thank our friends at Epic Financial, especially our good friend Rob Gill for making this studio possible. We are in beautiful downtown Red Bank, New Jersey in the heart of Monmouth County. Big, big show for you today. I want to thank everyone who's joining us on social media. If you are joining us live on Rumble, please remember, like, share and rumble this video we're building our audience and uh, we're only about eight episodes in but the audience is starting to grow because we're speaking common sense and finding common ground now i've got a lot to get to today i want to talk about a little about what's happened in the news recently some of the nasty articles out there but to lay out the whole show for you today three tremendous guests are joining me. We're going to be joined first by Lee Allen Baker. You know her from Good Luck Charlie and Will & Grace talking about Hollywood and all of the the toxic goings-on in Hollywood and why her family left Hollywood. And I'll talk about that, and I'll bring her in in just a minute. Uh, Then we're going to be joined by Congressman Jeff Van Drew. We all know Congressman Van Drew, um, heavily supported by former President Trump. He switched parties from Democrat to Republican. He is hopping mad and fighting hard to, yeah, save the whales. We'll talk about these wind farms off the coast of New Jersey. Already, we've seen the eighth whale wash up dead, but it's beyond that, isn't it? It's all about energy. It's all about this outrageous green agenda. And then, as we wrap the show up, we'll be joined by former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Dr. Ben Carson, to talk about the misinformation bill. But now, please welcome our friend, Lee Allen Baker. Lee Allen, great to have you on Common Ground. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: Doing great. Great to see you again. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're busy. So let's jump right into it, Lee Allen. You are one of the... Uh, only voices. I I know there are others, but you're outspoken about being a conservative, being a patriot, being someone who values medical freedom, values uh, the family and the country and body autonomy and all of these issues. And it just didn't rub everybody in Hollywood the right way. So you packed up and left. So let's start with that. What made the decision for you and your family to get out of Hollywood?
1: well i mean you know if you you can put a few smoking guns together you can see that warren buffett wrote in a book how a mandated vaccine schedule for adults was an untapped financial market let's start with that and then we have this pandemic that is introduced and everyone in hollywood just likes to jump on the bandwagon to be the first to virtue signal to look like a good person that's that's the thing to do on social media for stars is they want to jump on and be like oh yeah wear a mask because this said wear a mask and i protect me and i protect you and without really sitting still for a moment to say hey what's really going on here what's happening and um so i guess the final straw for us was when they took away medical exemptions preparing for this uh pandemic at the end of 2019 for all children in the state of california so my kids even though they know that they would die if they had another vaccine they would not be allowed to go to school or else they would have to be traced and tracked and they would have to have their social security number and a government official would have to approve it. Um, so government's playing doctor. I don't like to co-parent with the government. I'm definitely not going to go to the government for my medical advice for my children. Well, at that point you just made,
0: though, that they took away the medical exemption. I mean, now you're talking about kids who are known to have already had an adverse reaction to a vaccine and a medical doctor saying you shouldn't get this next shot. And you as a parent would have been powerless to stop that. Outrageous.
1: Yeah, that's correct. I mean, that's when you start to figure out that, oh, wait a second. It's like I kind of thought the scenario was my kids had these rare reactions and they'll learn from them and they'll make them safer. They don't they don't want to learn from them and make them safer. Like there's there's something very nefarious afoot here. And it's not about protecting children and it's not about your safety. So about two, three weeks into this uh, pandemic, When Gavin Newsom came out on one of the morning shows and said that California will not stop till every single resident was vaccinated with this vaccine. So we're two, three weeks into this and you're saying the only way out is that every citizen has to be vaccinated. I mean, I can see where this is going. Right. So um, overnight I found quarantine camps that they had put up the street. And at that point, the World Health Organization was saying that the disease had moved into the home, and so they're going to have to go into the home and separate people (laughs) and have these quarantine camps set up.
0: People don't believe that, that, Lee Allen. And what you're saying, this is in the CDC guidelines. It actually exists in writing that quarantine camps can be established. And I remember you're giving me this flashback at the beginning of this when Governor Cuomo in New York isolated a town with the National Guard you can't leave I mean yeah. it was something out of a, a horror movie from the you know the, the uh, maybe something out of real life from the 1940s
1: yeah this whole Homeland Security thing was really a great gateway into completely controlling us and if they yeah. can control well two main things if they can control our, our bodily autonomy and our, our medical care then um, then they and our food then it's game over kind of we've lost all hope for civilization. So after I saw the quarantine camps, we left the next day. I, I left with my kids and the good dog and I left my husband <laughs> behind with the bad dog um to pack up our house.
0: <laughs> Wait, what kind of dogs are they?
1: One's really good. She's a Mickey She's about this big and she's black and white and looks like a skunk. And so all the deer out here in Tennessee are afraid of her when Love she comes that. near. <laughs> and then my other one is uh, just a pet, white pound puppy rescue. She's a mix of a poodle and a chihuahua, and she's an absolute nightmare. I mean, she will eat your steak right off your plate and, and <laughs> not apologize for it. Now,
0: have, have turtle, the uh, have they been have these sibling dogs been been uh, reunited?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My husband, it took him about four months to sell our house. And then we, everybody, we found a home here. Our dogs are happy. Our dogs never knew grass existed. They're like, Oh my gosh, we have a yard. Um, and, and my kids love it. And, and
0: you can even own a gun to protect yourself in Tennessee. Go figure.
1: Oh, I own multiple guns (laughs) because the second, you know, when the government, let me give you a hint. When the government tells you to not do something, you need to do it. So when the government says, don't own guns, you need to go get one. And when the government says, don't buy N-acetylcysteine, NAC, it's a supplement that gets rid of um, damaging spike proteins and other things in your liver. You need to go get those. So whenever the government is really, as of late, I don't think the government was always this way, but as of late, whenever they're kind of trying to shut something down, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, zinc, you need to look into that.
0: You know, we saw this with the COVID numbers, and now, I mean, two things that you touched on. uh, First of all, the masking, uh, report after report, study after study, uh, real-life example after real-life example. We now know uh, not only is there no difference between someone wearing a mask and catching it versus someone not wearing a mask, uh, but they they are having a hard time even finding basic protection for those walking around with the N95 masks. So the whole thing has been debunked that the masks don't work, yet you're still seeing this pushed on kids. And and sadly, even in private school, we see people who are... That's my phone going off. I'm just going to turn that off. Live shows, you never know. Um, but you're, you're seeing that, that they're still pushing the masks because the theater and the fear with the masks it's it's a great symbol for these powers to use to force the vaccine on scared people and they're making money hand over fist billions and billions of dollars are coming in um and it's frightening because you don't know where you can go now from Our perspective, we're behind enemy lines here in New Jersey and New York in this area. And there's a free Florida, there's a free Tennessee, free Carolinas, free Georgia, the Dakotas. So the good news is there are a lot of examples for folks in New Jersey and New York to look to and say, it can get better. We can stand up for our freedom. We can defend ourselves. What is your message to... uh, young actors who are getting into this business. There's so many people that get into theater, they get into the arts. I don't know that a lot of folks getting into the creative arts understand that some of the most draconian rules exist in the creative arts.
1: They really do. I mean, I, I, I wrote a scathing email to the Screen Actors Guild the other day because they sent me a bill for my union dues. <laughs> However, they're blocking me from working. Right. Like, I'm not allowed to work if I don't have that shot, according to my doctor. No, according to the Screen Actors Guild, because you want the latest on health, you go to the Hollywood Reporter. You know, it's just absolutely asinine. Um, Really, the Screen Actors Guild is nothing more than a branch of the Democrat party, I have to be honest. It really, they, I knew in the beginning that they had an agenda with this when um, I was gonna be doing a movie that was just released this past May called Family Camp and it was released in theaters and we were going to shoot it in Oklahoma And they shut us down and then we, Oklahoma turned out was one of the states that would open. And this would have been a completely safe area. It's all the same people on a campsite. Like we're all together in one location. It couldn't have been more perfect in a state that was open. And the Screen Actors Guild sent out a cease and desist letter for anyone to do this movie that you were not allowed to do it. Well, I'm not gonna let the Screen Actors Guild tell me what I can and can't do. So obviously I did the movie, but I mean, that just goes to show you, like they thought that they knew better than the state of Oklahoma on right. when it was safe for them to open up. Right. And by the way, nobody has the right to shut down your state ever. I mean, <laughs> right. I wish, my message to people is this, you know, there are a few movies that have reached out to me to do films and my manager has had to say to them, she's not gonna stick a swab up her nose. She's not gonna wear a mask and That's she's great. not gonna take a shot. So if you're okay with that, she's in. A lot of them back out because they're like, oh, we really want to stick this thing up her brain because it's yeah. such an infectious disease that we have to swab her brain to see if she has it, you know? So, um, but then there are some brave films where they're like, Okay, well, I guess we want her. I guess our right. set's going to be a normal set where normal. we don't do
0: that. Right, right. We uh, we just shot our last film for our production company that that uh, just sold to Lifetime uh, in in South Carolina because there were none of the restrictions that you saw in California, none of the requirements, all nonsense, and none of the the mask jab theater that is designed to just keep people scared fearful and dependent and I think you hit on it you touched on it when you first started talking to me about the food supply and now you've got you've got Chinese communist financial interests coming in buying up our farmland and New Jersey now right, out, Did you see this I'm
1: a friend yeah. who lives in Lakers Fork, Tennessee that a hundred acres next to her lot was just purchased by Hunter Biden Run with No that story.
0: kidding. I <laughs> we could do a whole show on Hunter Biden and all the things that he's been buying up over uh, over the past 20 years. Yeah. Let me ask you as we wrap up, just a, a little bit of nostalgia. You go back to uh, uh, Will and Grace. What was what was some of your favorite stuff that you've done in Hollywood and are you in touch with any of the actors you know good luck Charlie all these great things that you did are, are were, were there friendships destroyed over this or are you still in touch with some of the folks that know that you're among the normals
1: yes I am still in touch with uh some people I won't reveal who they are Fair. because it'll reveal their stance <laughs> you don't want to <laughs> get them canceled fine. right fine Right, but you know, Will and Grace. I, look, I had a wonderful time on that show. Those are some of the best writers that I've ever worked with. Same with Good Luck Charlie. Um, I really enjoyed um, the guys on on Will and Grace. They're Eric and Sean are great guys. Um, but no, we were just never kind of friends. That we, you know, I got a different series. They were doing different things. Um, but I just you know, I know that there's a lot of good people out there who are liberals, who just don't, they're refusing to see the truth. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They're just not looking to where I know if they could open their eyes to see the truth and use some executive function in their brain that they would realize what's really going on yeah. in the world right now. And I think we <clears throat> are kind of waking up to it.
0: You know, it's it's uh, it, it reminds me of the, the quote we're hearing o- over and over again, that it is super easy to fool people. It is near impossible to convince someone that they've been fooled.
1: Yeah, they're not going to admit it. People don't want to admit it, you know. I mean, look, I wish... I wish I was wrong about the whole vaccine thing. I yeah. wish that I would have been not seen that coming. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't
0: think that's Lee true. Allen, the average person is now seeing it. They understand the harm that it's caused. I mean, how many young athletes have to drop dead or have some heart issue yeah. for people to wake up and say, wait a minute, something's wrong here. And at the very least, we should not be forcing this on anyone. And certainly, we should not be putting big pharma and the government in between mom and dad and their kids. Lee Allen, you are a courageous warrior and a patriot. Thank you so much for joining me Um, let's uh, let's for sure stay in touch love to have you back on this show keep the faith and keep the fight
1: sounds great thanks Bill
0: you take care thank you all right that was Lee Allen Baker isn't it great isn't it great a breath of fresh air to have a, a a real person who clearly has incredible talent and it's a shame that the Screen Actors Guild decided to be woke isn't it amazing that when you think about what went on in Hollywood, I mean, you don't even have to talk about Harvey Weinstein and all the other horrible things that people have been accused of and some have been convicted of and the, the just nasty, nasty things that happen in Hollywood. Yet then they're going to turn around and be woke and righteous over a virus that a simple treatment could have taken care of. Have you watched what's going on in Africa, in places like Bangladesh, places where there is near zero COVID because people have natural immunity, because there's an availability of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine? And when you look at that and then say, well, why doesn't that apply? Why doesn't the lessons, why, why can't we look at Africa? Why can't we look at, at There certain countries like Bangladesh that have had such a low COVID rate and understand that there's a reason for that. Why aren't we able to look at that and learn? And I think Lee Allen Baker said it best when she said, why after seeing all the adverse effects, is there not a scramble to have the scientific and medical community to say, hey, we had great intentions on this vaccine. We don't want vulnerable people to die with COVID. But we recognize that 18-year-olds are now having heart issues. So maybe we need to go back and retool this and rethink it. And that's something that's lost in conversation today. Every single thing is politicized. Even the the murder uh, of that of the guy in Memphis. And you talk about the five cops who are now under arrest and under indictment and charged with murder. Even the death of this guy totally politicized. And CNN and other outlets have tried in desperation to make it about race. How do you make it about race? You've got five black cops and a a victim who's black. How is this about race? But they stretch and they push. And you know what you don't see a lot today? You don't even hear about that today. Why? Because the corporate media has moved on They got their clickbait out of it, and now they've moved on. Now, um, I'm going to turn this conversation in a couple of minutes to uh, my friend, Congressman Jeff Van Drew. So in New Jersey, let me back up. Jersey has a fabricated energy crisis caused by woke left-wing liberals. Let's start with that. We have some of the cleanest, most affordable and most available energy of just about any state in the country. Nuclear energy and natural gas power the state of New Jersey. Do you know that 75% of our homes are using natural gas for heat, power, uh, cooking, all of that? Yet the government and the Democratic-led legislature is beholden to radical left-wing environmental wackos who say what we want to do is replace this efficient, affordable, abundant, and clean source of energy with something that is less safe for the environment, not even close to as effective or efficient, and will drive our energy costs up potentially in the triple digits. I'm talking about the wind farms. So the governor's pushing this nonsense of wind farms off the coast of New Jersey, even though they know they know that whales die. They know that the bird migrations are upset and the birds die. They know that the cost of maintaining these beasts over, that are going to be 1,000 feet in the air is going to drive the average homeowner's electricity cost through the roof. They know all this. They don't care because they have vilified natural gas, despite it being abundant, clean, homegrown, <laughs> and affordable. All of that. They know this. They don't care why there's a war on fossil fuels that is driven by the radical left activists serving to line the pockets of big corporate interests using your money as tax subsidies. So even beyond the deaths of these whales, which is absolutely avoidable. And people say, well, Bill, hold on a minute. We can't prove concretely that it's the wind turbines killing the whales. Well, no kidding, because they're not all built yet. But we also know the surveying of the ocean floor, the equipment, all of the things going on are driving massive shipping traffic off the coast of New Jersey. And guess what? Whales are getting hit by boats and propellers and they're dying. And they're washing up on the on the shore. It's a preventable crisis. But it's also a crisis created by woke left-wing liberals. That's the problem. Now, my next guest will be joining me uh, in uh, just a minute. His name is Congressman Jeff Van Drew. I have talked about Congressman Van Drew for... Uh, many months now, really the last couple of years, since he courageously departed the Democratic Party, and he'll tell you in a very Reagan-esque way that it was really the Democrats that left him. They got woke, they got radical, they got involved in our medical choices, they, got, they drove a wedge between mom and dad and kids. They did all of these things, and he made the courageous move to support President Trump, and was rewarded by a huge re-election victory this past November. He is now taking on the fight to not just save the whales, but to restore common sense in our energy policy. And I'm happy to call him a friend and our next guest. Welcome, Congressman Jeff Van Drew. Always good to see you. How are you doing, Jeff? Bill, I'm doing well, and it's great to be with you. I love that uh, I'm talking about Reagan and the Reagan picture and the Lincoln picture right behind you. That was perfect. And I didn't even see that until just now. I love it. Yeah. Well, so it's always there, man. My guiding light. Absolutely. Uh, you know, because you're a man of principle, and I, I was talking about this in the introduction about, about how you got here as a Republican. But let's let's dive right in to this issue of the wind turbines off the coast of New Jersey. We're talking about hundreds of them that will be built. 500 to 1,000 feet in the air. Already we've seen, I believe now, the eighth whale washed up dead just a a day ago. What are your thoughts on it? What do you think is driving this? And what are your plans to solve this problem?
2: Well, we've been fighting this fight for a while. Let me tell you, years ago, a few years ago, Orsted, which is the company, it's an international company, billionaires, uh, came to me and said, we'd really like you to climb on board with this project. And I said, you know what, this is really going to hurt the fishermen and it's going to hurt the environment. You really need to speak with some people who are honest players, some of the commercial fishermen I know and others. They, they promised me they would and that they did. So this was years ago. I had a meeting because I really wanted to call their bluff because I knew they didn't. And I had about 150 people there, commercial fishermen, some other people, mostly fishermen, And, you know, Orsted claimed that they had spoken with them and everything was worked out and Orsted was there as well. So I asked them, I said, how many people here have met or spoken with anybody from Orsted? Two people raised their hand. Wow. I said, how many people saw some different plans or new ideas to do this in a better way? Nobody. Here's the bottom deal. This is a company from another place that's coming into our Jersey Shore that's going to ruin the environment of the floor of the ocean, that's going to really hurt commercial fishing, that's going to hurt tourism, that's going to increase your prices that you pay for heating and cooling and all the energy that you use. And that's been verified by many different sources. Uh, Even the public advocate has said, yes, prices are going to go up a great deal for no reason at all gas, natural gas, if you were to stop all natural gas in the country, the United States of America, it would have less than a 1% effect on the carbon <laughs> footprint. Around the world, this is nonsense. Right. But it's wokeism and it's money and it's big money. Bill, there's money floating around everywhere. They're all, they're hiring all kinds of people, former elected officials, people that yeah. were on different important positions in government and other areas. Uh, some of I hurts me to say, some of the environmental groups have been bought off and they don't suddenly care about whales. Yeah. Notice they're not saying anything. Except for Cindy Ziff of Clean Ocean Action, she was an honest player and said this is a really bad thing. Um, and where's and the Sierra Club on I... this,
0: Congressman? Where, where's the Sierra Club? I mean, I had uh, former head you of Sierra Club Jeff Tittle Yeah, where they shouldn't be. Uh, you know, Jeff Tittle came on the show and was honest, and it tells me, um, you know, Jeff was the former head of Sierra Club in New Jersey. Came on the show, on the radio show, was honest with me and said, Yeah, he's got huge concerns about this. And but it seems to me they leave their job, their paid job, and then they're honest. The guys that are in there now are being less than honest, uh, if not outright outright lying to people and covering up the facts. It Does it bother you on a, si- a separate note? You've mentioned it, and, and I talked about this a little bit earlier. It's a foreign company. We're not even talking about an American company doing this. It seems to me that, that th- this is wrong at every single level. It it is wrong at every single
2: level. You are absolutely right. These are national forces and international forces that are just, you know, and I'm a little crude once in a while. Forgive me again, but they are crapping on our country and our coast and on New Jersey and New York. And by the way, we're up to 12 whales now. Uh, And most whales have landed (laughs) in my district. Now, I don't know exactly what caused it. I'm sure it, it, it's all due or partially due to them. But we're never going to hear the truth about it. We're yeah. never going to find out the truth. But I'm going to dig in. I'm going to be at uh,
0: the World Whale Day Rally on February 19th at two o'clock in Seaside Park. I, I don't know if Congressman, you're going to be there, but I'm very excited to uh, join the folks for this World Whale Day Rally. I, something I have to be honest, I never thought I'd be going to a Save the Whales Rally in my wildest <laughs> imagination. <laughs> you know, but but you know what? It, it's It's to me, there are two things here. One, common sense. We know what clean, affordable, abundant, homegrown energy looks like. It's nuclear, it's natural gas, and it's clean. And we also know that if you can not harm the environment and provide clean, affordable energy to working families, You are obligated as a public servant to do that. So I, for the life of me, I look at this and say, you know what? Yeah, we ought to save the whales because this is not saving the whales and regressing back to some time where we're spewing all kinds of junk into the atmosphere. The real regression here is the wind farm itself.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, How are we going to recycle the blades? We don't even know. All these fiberglass blades are going to be shot in 15 to 20 years, the cost of the whole thing. Let me tell you something that's really going to bother you. So there's a lot of towns and cities now that have joined and said, we don't want it, or we at least think you should slow down and really study it. And we're going to have hearings both at home and in Washington. You know, I was just named the vice chair of the transportation committee. Congratulations I'm on the judiciary committee. Big deal. Thank you. Yeah. And 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 the judiciary committee. Between these two committees, man, I'm going after these guys. I love it. And I told them I am, and I'm gonna go after them with everything I got. But here's something really sick. I want you to listen to this. Yeah. So Ocean City does not want them to tie all their cables underground in Ocean City. They just said, we don't want it. They did a resolution against it. We don't want it. So in our state Senate and our state assembly, legislation that was passed that said when it comes to wind energy, that a local municipality has no zoning powers and no say and can't do anything, and it will just be done to them. Again, That's what crazy. are they doing
0: to our towns? Well, it's it's the classic state of New Jersey overriding local rule, overriding home rule. And sadly, it's the Democratic majority pushing this. Have you heard from the governor? Has he, has he reached out to you to say, maybe there's a compromise here? Maybe we don't need to wreck the Jersey Shore for this fantasy of powering the grid with wind, which incidentally is the second least efficient form of energy production. Only solar is less efficient than wind.
2: It's it's just bad all the way around, you know. And, you know, solar panels, people are generally putting on their roofs, although they are losing some farms and so forth because of it. But this is a big deal. Bill, I know that you love the Jersey Shore. I know you love how clean our water is, how beautiful the area is, in Long Island as well. How can we let this happen? And how can and no? that, by the way, the governor hasn't contacted yeah. me. Supposedly, he's going to come down with some kind of help or an answer, but hasn't made it yet and still hasn't done it. But boy, the governor loves it, wants to yeah. do it. The more, the merrier. Let's industrialize because he probably doesn't go to the shore anywhere around here. <laughs> you know, exactly. let's industrialize our Jersey Shore. Let's industrialize Long Island. Let's industrialize the entire East Coast. And at the same time, go after the lobstermen, which they're doing federally, and trying to hurt them. Because in that case, they said the lobstermen, in in the process of doing their work, are hurting the whales, but they're not. They never had these kind of numbers. These numbers of dead whales are unprecedented. And it's not only the whales. It's other fish. It's the, it's the, um, the bottom of the ocean. We have some of the most important areas ever literally anywhere in the world environmentally on the floor of our ocean in our area it's got to stop well it's and, really I, bad and, and stop. I think
0: the point you made is a huge one not just about standing up for home rule but the idea That the wind farm to shore transmission cables are going to override local zoning, override the desires of the local towns, potentially cause a dangerous situation, impact to the environment, impact to tourism. This is bad at every single level. I'm standing right there with you, Congressman. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Keep the faith. Keep the fight. Uh, We'll have you back on this show, back on the radio as this progresses. And uh, I will see you on the trail. I look
2: forward to it. I'm proud of what you're
0: doing. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate that. That is Congressman Jeff Van Drew, who represents a good portion of the Jersey Shore. He is one of the good guys for sure. All right. As I told you at the top of the show, we've got a packed, packed guest list today. Um, I want to switch gears now and talk about a horrific bill that was not only passed with bipartisan support, shame on the Republicans, every one of them who voted for this, they should think twice. And this is going to be your mulligan, guys. You have an opportunity to put in a repeal bill. It's Senate Bill uh, 588. This bill, uh, this Senate bill was called the Learning Standards for New Jersey Students. It's the Information Literacy Act. Let me tell you something. That is about as Orwellian as it gets. What it really is, is a misinformation act because it was written in large part by a left-wing woke professor at Rowan University who said things like people like Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity should not be allowed in schools. That opinion is toxic, and I'm paraphrasing here, and misinformation. So all of you All of you, including my two previous guests, actor uh, Lee Allen Baker and Congressman Jeff Van Drew, are accused of spreading misinformation by being opposed to forced vaccinations and the wind farms disrupting marine life. That's right. That would be considered misinformation under this law that the governor happily signed. So the question is, how do we fight back? I mean, the Republicans are going to get an opportunity if we win a majority in 2023, but this pushback has to start at the grassroots ground level. Now, my next guest, you are going to know his name. He is a great American, a true patriot, a person that stands up for common sense and is able to find common ground with people because of his intelligence and his fortitude, his strength, his courage. He is the former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, serving faithfully under President Donald Trump. Please welcome Dr. Ben Carson. Dr. Carson, Welcome to the show. How are you?
3: Thank you. It's so good to be with you. appreciate you having me. I'm doing great. Thanks.
0: So I'm glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. Thanks for your patience. Uh, in I know you're very busy, so I want to get right to it. We talk about this misinformation, Bill. You and I had a brief conversation on my morning radio show, and I wanted to flesh out some of the ideas here for our audience uh, in the afternoon. And that is, what is the primary danger of this bill as it pertains to mom and dad sending their kid off to school?
3: Well, you know, if if you know history and you know how places go from democracy to totalitarianism, what you will find is that it begins with censoring of speech. They don't want anybody who disagrees with them to have a voice. And it starts out in a rather benign way, just ignoring them or suppressing the media uh, through which their voice is heard. Uh, And it becomes progressively worse until it is an absolute, uh, you know, ban on anything that is in counter distinction to the message that's being put forth by the powers that be. We see that happening now. This uh, media literacy uh, bill in New Jersey uh, this is extraordinarily dangerous because they're trying to get kids to the point where they can identify misinformation. But who gets to determine what misinformation is? Right. And and that's where the real problem lies. It's the same kind of thing going on in California, uh, where they passed a, bi- a misinformation bill about doctors. Right. Scary. So if doctors are disseminating misinformation their license can be removed. Yeah. I mean and, and that would include
0: said, advising a patient not to take the COVID vax. That would include that.
3: That that, that would include yeah, that. And crazy. of course there's been there's been so much evidence that there are significant complications that it, it really makes you believe that you need to work this out with your primary care physician. Right. It needs to be based on your risk And what are the benefits? How how do you young, healthy people? There's not many benefits, but there's a lot of risk.
0: We're seeing it. We're seeing high school students, college students, professional athletes, uh, some who have lost their lives, some who have uh, now been stricken with debilitating heart conditions uh, soon after getting this mRNA vaccine. Uh, Beyond that, let's let's have that conversation. So how does that translate into the schools? And I want to just give you one of the uh, one of the Republican senators uh, who sponsored this said to me in defense of this bill, he said, you don't understand, Bill. There are parents and kids who believe that the earth is flat and that's misinformation. And we have an obligation to root out that kind of a conversation. And And I said, well, I'm not so sure about where your district is, but uh, how many flat earthers do you really have there uh, to the point where you now want to create a misinformation opportunity for the far left? It seems like a flat earth conversation could be had across the kitchen table or at your community center or with your grandparents. And and that doesn't seem to be a schoolwide problem. But how do you address a Republican who would come to you and say, no, you don't understand, doc. We have a huge problem of flat earthers and we got to deal with it.
3: Well, I would simply say, go back and look at the reasons that this country was founded. We were founded so that people could live the life that they wanted to live, as long as it wasn't negatively impacting somebody else. And that means they can discuss what they want to discuss. They can believe what they want to believe. But we have to maintain an open forum, because that's how good ideals are expressed. You know, you look at medicine, for instance. Uh, when you go back to the last turn of the century, the one before the one we, we went through 20 years ago, um, you know, the average age of death was in the in the 50s or, or less. And how is it that we're now approaching the 80s? Yeah. It's because people had different ideas. They discussed those ideas. Things were tried out. They worked. And we were able to gradually increase the Uh, term of life that's the way you make progress you don't say no it's this way and it's only this way and anything that isn't uh, consistent with that is hurtful to society and therefore we must snuff it out that is completely antithetical to what america is is supposed to be Doctor, let me ask you, uh,
0: given your extensive background as a, as a doctor, uh, just your, your background, given your, not just your profession, but your time in politics, your time in the administration, when you hear someone come at you and say, no, 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 there is scientific consensus, and therefore we all have to believe,
3: how do you respond to that? Well, there's no scientific consensus about COVID, that's for sure. Yeah, that's and uh, and and the people who spoke out against it early on were blasted, and uh, they were uh, basically silenced and demonized, and in some cases, licenses were revoked. Uh, that is not scientific consensus, and it you 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 brought up something that's very alarming, and that is a lot of doctors who know better, are going along with some of the recommendations because they're timid. They're Mm -hmm. afraid. They don't want to lose their license. They don't want to be blackballed. So they say it's easier just to go along with it. I have too much to risk. Mm -hmm. And that's sad. I hate seeing that. I understand it. Believe me, I do understand. People put a lot of time and effort into getting their license and, and getting the training that they have, and they don't want to see it all thrown out of the window. But really, the way to fix that is to be able to stand up for what you believe in. It's courage. You can't be the land of the free if you're not the home of the break. you got to be willing to stand yeah. up for what you believe in. and. Uh, I think we win in the long run because the majority of people in this country actually have common sense. It's just that they don't get to hear both sides of the story. So they get manipulated. And uh, that is the modus operandi for those who are trying to fundamentally change our country uh, into something that we won't even recognize. And the transition is occurring very rapidly. Let's talk about
0: your organization the Cornerstone Institute. What are the goals? What 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 have you uh, seen in terms of what you can accomplish because folks that are living in a place like New Jersey Uh, not only feel behind enemy lines, and I come at this from the perspective of having the largest audience in the state, and saying, you know, when my message is resonating among Democrats and unaffiliated voters, uh, in addition to Republicans, then you look at the legislature and think, well, they've all sold us out. My message is, it starts with the ground up. So we kind of ignored the congressional races this time around, save a few heroes like Jeff Van Drew and Chris Smith, who's a friend of mine. But beyond that, uh, we focused on school boards. And and we saw 447 new school board members elected, moms and dads replacing folks that were woke and pushing the trans agenda on kids and all these other things. Do you see that positive? And what are you doing to build that in other states?
3: Well, you know, what you just said is obviously very encouraging. Uh, The fact that people are getting involved. If this country is to be saved, it's going to be saved by we, the people. It's not going to be saved by the government because governments do what governments do. They grow, they infiltrate, and they dominate. That's what they do. Just like a lion kills lambs and eats them, not because he's a bad animal, but because he's a lion. So, but that's why our founders worked so hard to give us a constitution that would allow us to keep the government under control. Uncontrolled government will just balloon and take over, and and that's been the case since anybody has uh, recorded history. So... The fact that these parents are getting involved, running for school boards, running for city council, going to the meetings, uh, this is music to my ears. And I, and I hope it continues in a large sense. Now, at American Cornerstone, which was developed uh, by myself and a bunch of uh, very bright people at HUD because we were concerned about the direction of the country, I was going to just retire, quite frankly, and I was going to go play golf and learn how to it. play the piano and really do some, some fun things. But
0: They dragged you I right figured, back in, Doc, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I figured I couldn't have any fun playing golf with and watching the country go down the tubes. So uh, we started putting this together to focus people on those principles that were so important in the development of our country. Mm-hmm. And that includes our faith. That's one of the pillars. Uh, Our Judeo-Christian values teach us to love our neighbor, not cancel your neighbor, not try to make life difficult for your neighbor and his family if they don't agree with you. That is completely un-American. And then the pillar of liberty, freedom, including freedom of expression, is the very first amendment to our Constitution to give you some idea of how important that is. The freedom to be able to protect yourself to protect your family, the freedom of association. There's so many different freedoms that make this the destination for people all over the world. And the left tries to characterize us as an evil, systemically racist place that's unfair to people. If it was that bad, why would everybody be trying to get in here? And when they got here, wouldn't they call all their friends and relatives and say, don't come here, this is a horrible place, obviously that's not happening. So that tells you something right there. And then there's the cornerstone of community, the ability to work together for the good of all. We had so many small towns and villages and just groups of families in the early part of this nation, 50 or 100 miles away from anybody else. Not only did they survive, they thrived and they grew because of that sense of community, that sense of helping your brother. And then the cornerstone of life, from the womb to the tomb, caring about life and quality of existence. And then we have the pediatric component called Little Patriots. And uh, basically it's an online... Uh, free of charge program, K through five, that teaches children the fundamentals of this nation, of the development of this nation. And it teaches them our real history, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But of course, if you're objective, you'll see there's a lot more good than there is bad and ugly. And it uh, makes people proud, once again, to be Americans. And uh, it also helps. The kids to understand that we're not each other's enemies. You have Liberty Eagle taking you through all of these programs. Liberty Eagle has a left wing and a right wing. Can't fly with two left wings, can't fly with two right wings, can soar majestically when they work together. That's great. That's what we have got to learn as Americans. Whenever you have a place that has a diverse populace, my way or the highway does not work. But you can take the most radical left-wing person and the most radical right-wing person, and they're going to agree on 90% of stuff. But we've allowed the media and the purveyors of hatred and division to take that 10% and just expand it and try to make it into the most important thing when it isn't.
0: Doctor, that's why we called this show Common Ground. Mm -hmm. The whole idea was when you can meet in the middle on common sense and agree on some basic tenets, patriotism, family, faith, Community, neighborhood, you can solve any problem. And where we disagree, that's actually the finer points on both ends. And you can find that most people will agree on six, seven, eight out of 10 items. Let me ask you this. I only have a couple of minutes left. Uh, maybe this is too big a question for a couple of minutes. But just with your historical perspective, where, where do you see our country is? in its history? And what what do you see next? I mean, there are plenty of examples about what happened in in Russia, in Cuba, in China, the Roman Empire. We hear all these big ideas floating around. Some people are doom and gloom. Some people think we're at the, the, the precipice of the next American Revolution. Where do you see our country right now in our history? Well,
3: you know, a lot of people have said it's no worse now than it ever has been. I disagree with that. I think that uh, there has been a movement that's been going on for decades to fundamentally change this nation. And that's why Khrushchev said 60 years ago to Eisenhower, your grandchildren's children will live under communism and we won't have to fire a shot. You know, taking over the school systems and indoctrinating the kids, it's devastating. Taking over the news media, spoon-feeding the people, replacing faith in God with faith in government raising the national debt to astronomical levels so you could justify massive taxation, redistribution of wealth, and complete control. And I think we're as close to losing what we have as we've ever been. You know, Benjamin Franklin was asked after he came out of the Constitutional Convention in 1787, what do we have here, sir? a monarchy or a republic? He said, a republic, if you can keep it. This is going to be a challenge. I do believe we will rise to the occasion. It's always darkest before the dawn. And sometimes it has to be pretty dark before people can see the light. But I think they're starting to see it.
0: I think so too. Doctors, so great to have you on the show. Thank you for joining me on the radio last week and on our new show, Common Ground. Let's stay in touch. We are here with you, fighting alongside, and I'm looking forward to the great things that you're going to accomplish in the next few years, and we're right there with you. So thank you for your patriotism and your courage.
3: And thank you for being a patriot. With people like you, we will win.
0: Thanks, we'll see you soon. That is Dr. Ben Carson, former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under President Donald Trump. Uh, What a great man, what a a man of vision and courage and strength and patriotism. And it's all of those things. And you heard what he said, it is about finding common ground. Most people are normal, most people are normal. And, And when you think about normalcy, Now, by the way, I've had three guests, and I know we didn't get to any calls today. The the number, if you are uh, listening, is 973-891-4421. I'd be happy to take a call uh, as we wrap the show up and and, uh, um, answer any questions that you have, whether it's about my conversation about woke Hollywood and body autonomy and medical freedom with Lee Allen Baker, whether it's about saving the whales and stopping this uh, fraudulent fantasy of wind power, Uh, with Congressman Jeff Van Drew and my last guest, Dr. Ben Carson, who I I just, I can't say enough about how thoughtful and smart he is. I mean, you always knew the guy was smart, but he gets it at a deep level. and, and, And I hope you heard what he said. He said, I was thinking about retiring and playing golf. And, you know, a lot of us that are in positions where we're blessed to have an audience, blessed to have an opportunity, we're looking around and saying, not only can I not relax, but I've got to fight. And I believe it's my duty to use the power of the microphone, not only the largest audience in the state with the radio, uh, but the fastest growing grassroots organization Certainly in New Jersey, perhaps the country with our Common Sense Club, it's commonsenseclub.org. This is there's something there. We've got almost 100,000 members now. So people are waking up. And again, I want to thank great patriots like Rob Gill and Epic Financial. Uh, You know, I got to tell you, my friend Rob Gill is just a stellar, stellar human being. And he opened up his offices, his support staff. I mean, the work that Kevin does behind the board, the fact that uh, other Kevin comes and makes sure that there's water and the seats set up. I mean, it, it's amazing to me. And and uh, Kevin's brother, Danny, who uh, comes in and runs the board once in a while. Like, I, you're talking about great people. Alexa, who works directly with Rob. Uh, this is just a a, a strong strong group of people. And when I think of all the people that are behind us, like Eddie who works with Rob and just somehow magically had the show launched in 10 days after I had the idea. That's literally how it happened. I sat with with Rob and I said, Rob, I think I got to launch an afternoon show and we've got to get out to more people and stay tuned. A lot of big announcements coming up over the next couple of weeks uh, across our organizations and I will keep you posted. But Let me just address a couple of things. There's some nasty people out there that write for groups like Politico and others, and we see all the hate and vitriol on Twitter. So I end up, at an event. My friend Vin Gopal, and if you are a New Jersey resident, you've heard of Vin Gopal. He's a state senator of the 11th district in Monmouth County. This is a Democrat plus seven district. It's a district where somehow two Republicans were able to win assembly seats, but of course they've been acting and voting like Democrats, so I'm not so sure how long they're going to be in that seat. But Vin is a friend of mine. Now, let me say that Vin is a liberal Democrat, and I am... A Republican. I would say I'm a populist conservative. I don't consider myself just straight conservative. I'm I'm a populist. I believe in building from the ground up. I believe in grassroots and community. I also believe in finding common ground with the other side. There's going to be a new governor in 2025. And that governor is most likely going to be a Republican. That new Republican governor has absolutely positively is going to have to work with the other side. This state has two million Democrats and a majority of Democrats in both houses. Now, maybe we're going to win a Republican majority in the Senate this time around. Let's see. Let's hope. We're working toward that. But even if the Republicans are successful in winning a majority, let's say they win five seats and all of a sudden it's 21-19, that's great. But you still got half the chamber that are Democrats. you got to be able to find the common ground with the other guys. So I'll give you a quick story. So Vin Powell, I've known him for years he gets behind this ridiculous sexualized curriculum in the schools and, and my head exploded when I read it. I'm like, what the hell was he thinking getting behind this? So we turned on our machine with our nearly 100,000 members. And as you may know, cause many of you signed up and sent these letters, we generated 70,000 letters to the governor and legislators. Well, Vin's email was at the top of that list and he got bombarded bombarded within eight days he turned around and asked the governor to revisit the age appropriateness of the law now that's how you get action the other thing he did is he called me the day after and said bill you blew up my inbox let's sit down and talk this through and we did and we had a beer and then the other night he invites my wife jody and i to be his guest at a social gathering that has one purpose not a fundraiser for politics Not anything that anyone's raising money for a campaign or a PAC. Nope, not even partisan. To honor police officers and veterans. That's it. So, of course, we went. It was great. It was at a terrific place called Bar R in Asbury Park. The press went nuts, trying to come up with some conspiracy about, was this an attack on the Republican county organization in Monmouth? Was this some kind of a nefarious plan moving forward? Good grief. I think the members of the media need a hobby because clearly they're looking to create controversy where there is none. And I will tell you this as sure as I'm standing here, if I am fortunate enough, if I am blessed to be someone who's in a position to make decisions and help our great state move forward and go beyond the strength of the microphone and the organizations that we have successfully built and the largest audience in the state and 100,000 members and all that, I can promise you I will look for common ground with our Democratic friends across the aisle. We are not going to bring New Jersey back unless we can work with reasonable people on both sides of the aisle. And when you see so many Republicans go to an event like that, and you realize wait a minute there's a personal side to this there's a there's a nostalgia for the days of Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill and then you might say you might say well yeah but in those days the democrats weren't so insane and woke well that's true but you know what democrats in our state are very similar almost identical to republicans they're black they're white their shop owners, their retailers, their waitresses, their nurses, their teachers, and you know what they want? They don't want the partisan vitriol. They don't want that. What they want is something positive. You know, Ronald Reagan used to talk about mourning in America. He used to talk about the shining city on the hill. New Jersey can be that for the rest of the country. I am so energized and excited. Both my Republican friends and my Democratic friends to a person want to see this state fixed. I can't speak for the radical, woke crazies like Governor Murphy and some of the others out there, but forget about them. They're on the fringe. Murphy is just running for president. That's what that's about. You need to focus on the normal middle where most of us live. We just want to raise our kids and build our businesses. We just want to go to work hassle-free. You know what I really want? I want to know that the person that's been paying into unemployment and paying those taxes is going to get a check when they're out of a job. I want to know that we're not going to have highways and bridges that you can drive over and you fear for your life because they're in such disrepair. I want to know the kids in Newark and Camden are going to be drinking clean water from the tap. That's what I want to know. Can we fix that? Can we get the sex out? of the schools and can we put the prisoners back behind bars if we could figure that out we can save this state we can save this country we can move forward together and it's not going to matter which party you're in but i'm going to leave you with this thought the vehicle To take back New Jersey is the Republican Party. And if you are an unaffiliated voter, that means you're not participating in the primary process, please join me and vote in the Republican primary this coming June. And the reason, because every one of us has had this conversation with our wife, with our husband, with our kids, in our own head, and we said, how do we get stuck with these two boneheads as the Republican and the Democrat? You're not stuck. Unaffiliated voters in New Jersey can show up on election day or change their registration prior and vote in that primary. Be a part of the solution. Join me. It's Common Sense. We're going to find common ground together. We are going to take back this great state. I love New Jersey. I'm digging in. Dig in with me. Go to the website, BillSpadia.com. You're going to look for a link that's going to be posted soon on CommonSenseClub.org and BillSpadia.com. You know, you know I went and did it. I ordered plastic bags. Yes, they're awesome. We're going to give them out at every single event. You can buy your own. Of course I put my face on it. You're going to love it. Dig in with me. I'll see you next week.